재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM 피델 카스트로, the Cuban leader who seized power in 1959, uh, ushering in the age of communism for the island nation for approximately five decades, uh, died over the weekend at the age of 90. Uh, now, uh, Castro had been infirmed for a number of years and had uh, essentially ceded control of the country to his younger brother, and the current nation's president, Raul, who did announce uh, the uh, leader's death on television on Friday night. Needless to say, Castro was a very divisive figure um, who did have some supporters on the left after leading the Communist Party to power. Uh, but he's also been criticized as an opponent of democratic ideals, uh, uh, leading a repressive uh, regime. And certainly he leaves behind a complicated legacy. And to give us more analysis on that legacy, we're very pleased to have joining us from the University of Reading, uh, Latin American Cultural Studies Department, Dr. Pararathi Kumaraswamy. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, what was your um, reaction when you heard the news that uh, Fidel Castro died? Well, um, I think first and foremost, I thought of my many friends, Cuban in Cuba and otherwise, who all will have felt the loss quite greatly in various ways, as you say, very diverse reactions. But for many people, uh, above and beyond what he might have signified politically, he was uh, an iconic figure in their lives. He was an iconic figure in their lives, uh, as you say, he has dis- detractors, uh, certainly uh, uh, both uh, from inside Cuba as well as outside uh, Cuba. Uh, do you think he will be? Rem- you, you mentioned iconic figure. And when I think of these uh, iconic figures, especially in the Latin American context, you think of uh, people like Che Guevara. Is it going to be much more complicated than that because he was in power for so long? Um, I don't. I think it is certainly more complicated than the figure of uh, the iconic figure of Che Guevara. The iconic figure of Che Guevara has become a myth and, in many ways, a commodity because he died so young, mm-hmm. and so he wasn't given an opportunity to really implement many of his political ideas. And it's important to remember, Fidel Castro is for many people across the world a myth, um, for good and for bad, um, a mythical figure, a larger-than-life figure. But uh, it's also very important to remember that within Cuba. Uh, however you felt on the political spectrum, he was a figure that was part of everyday life for several decades. Um, and Cubans who are sympathetic to his policies, Cubans who feel a sense of national pride, and it really is about nation rather than simply socialism and communism, uh, will, will mourn his loss as uh, a father figure of the nation more than anything else. Is that much more felt... Um within Cuba than, let's say, the Cuban diaspora? Because uh, as we know in the United States, uh, uh, certainly, uh, although I, I suppose the views have been uh, softening post-embargo, they, they have a very hardline stance against Cuba. Is that generally how the set- consensus is for Cubans who live outside of the country? 
it's again very very complex it uh, one of the most important things to remember is that there is a very strong generational dimension to this so perhaps the most anti-castro cubans who are living in the u.s predominantly in florida are that what they, what is known as the historic generation the people that left immediately after the revolution and who in many senses made it their personal and political mission throughout their lives to try and reappropriate cuba in their in their understanding of things but the same is true certainly within cuba uh, Cubans of all generations have a slightly different understanding of what Fidel Castro has meant for them. For people who are now in their 60s, 70s, 80s, who can remember life before the revolution, he signified a real hope for change and the real implementation of policies for change that radically changed millions of Cubans' lives. And if you look at the diaspora outside the United States and in other parts of the United States, in Spain, in parts of Latin America, again, opinions are very divided. Mm. So it's 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 hard to sort of categorize an inside and an outside because after all, we're looking at over 50 years of change uh, and successive waves of emigration, each for different reasons. And I would even argue that uh, that influence has had uh, an outsized effect even in American politics uh, because of the influence of uh, that uh, historic generation, as as you uh, termed it, within uh, the Cuban population in Florida and Florida's subsequent, of course, outsized influence in in subsequent elections. Uh, Speaking of the United States, uh, does it fundamentally change the path that the two countries are going on uh, with this rapprochement recently uh, between Barack Obama and and, uh, um, and and Raul Castro, or do you think there could be some changes there? Again, it's a very complicated question for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um, certainly, there is going to be a moment to pause on both sides, to pause and reflect on what might happen next, and to entertain uh, possibilities for the future that up until three days ago, four days ago, had not really existed. Because, as you know, uh, between... Barack Obama and Raul Castro's uh, government, uh, their respective administrations, huge progress had been made. Um, and But during that time, uh, the role of Fidel Castro was really to provide a reminder that the U.S. had always wanted a particular relationship with Cuba, and therefore, as much as there was a relaxing of diplomatic ties, etc., um, something that's actually uh, overlooked by many journalists who are commentating on Cuba at the moment, the U.S. economic blockade, the embargo, is still in place, mm-hmm. which means that uh, there, has, there has been significant change and there has been significant rapprochement. But the major sticking point, the major thing that has determined Cuba's destiny since, 1950, well, since 1962, the embargo is still in place. Um, the other big thing to say is that it's not just about Cuba. Cuba's uh, policy is often uh, developed in relationship to the U.S., and I think probably more significant than the death of Fidel Castro for that relationship is the election of Donald Trump, uh, who has said clearly, I don't think he's particularly clear about the details, but he said clearly that he will maintain the embargo and uh, how the rapprochement will progress from now is very much in his hands. So many of other uh, the other policies that have been in place in the previous, well, I, the, still the current presidency, uh, whether it's uh, health care uh, reform or the Iranian deal, uh, also with uh, the election of Trump, we're going to see that the uh, rapprochement that we've been talking about uh, in in recent months and years uh, will uh, be in jeopardy. And do you see the uh, increased influence of figures like um, Senators Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, who are, are also, of course, like mind in terms of a hardline stance against Cuba? Absolutely. As you said it yourself in your own uh, earlier comments, that uh, U.S. presidents have to court the 
very hardline anti-Castro uh, community in Florida have to court their support and have to nurture their support very carefully because they're a very powerful lobbying group. And um, it's very difficult to say how Trump is going to uh, progress with Cuba because on the one hand he is, if anybody, he is more interested in business and economic growth than anybody else, but very clearly on the terms of the U.S. The Cuban government has seen successive presidents, each with a slightly different approach to Cuba, um, come and go, and therefore they'll be watching very carefully and listening to every policy statement that comes from the U.S. regarding Cuba. Uh, as far as Raul Castro is concerned, um, and I know you will say that it is a very complicated situation, but uh, how does that leave the political situation, uh, the political stability within Cuba itself uh, going forward? Um, Cuba, if you remember from you know the fall of the, the Berlin Wall, the collapse of communism, it's been over 25 years since that happened. That was the main crisis point in the trajectory of uh, the Cuban nation under revolution. Uh, Cuba has survived it through a mixture of pragmatism and and idealism, and Fidel Castro very much and continuing to communicate that idea of a, of a utopian society uh, which could be preserved. Of course, that's changed over time. There's been very many very practical solutions to the economic austerity that hit Cuba in the 1990s. But if, if there had been instability, and there was instability, it was mostly in the 1990s. Cuba has transitioned, it's changed, it's evolved very carefully, trying to maintain always its social policies. And in many ways, those social policies are the cornerstones of the revolution, rather than to do with, uh, with an ism, a socialism, mm-hmm. a communism. Mm-hmm. It's about social justice, and it's predominantly about national sovereignty that Cuba should be able to decide its own fate as a nation. And and that is the fascinating aspect of it, because when we've been hearing uh, uh, the comments by various world leaders uh, in reaction to this, uh, on the one hand, you have someone like Barack Obama, who's a very measured, uh, reflecting of uh, decades of U.S. policy, as well as, of course, the recent rapprochement, uh, Donald Trump, quite simply, <laughs> just with a simple tweet, yeah. Fidel Castro's dead. But then you had people like the president of Ireland or, or the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, who've taken some criticism for their what's been deemed to be um, uh, overly affectionate or warm words uh, in describing the passing of Fidel Castro. What do you make of that debate going on right now? Um, I think it says something about the legacy that Fidel Castro and his government over 50 years have left and will continue to leave. Um, Cuba is important across the world. It's a very small island, 11 million people, but its importance has been exaggerated and it's been scrutinized for many, many years and since 1959 because of uh, its very brave stance in many areas of, of geopolitics, of world politics. And therefore, the response of Justin Trudeau is, in many ways, the response of a, uh, a country that uh, feels that its, its own destiny could have been determined by the United States. Uh, Algeria has announced several days of mourning. Nicaragua is going to have nine days of mourning. So there's a sense of a world solidarity. Cuba has been important in terms of the non-aligned nations in the 1960s, in terms of Latin American left-wing movements from the 2000s under uh, ALBA, uh, and in terms of third world development uh, across the world. So that idea of national development, that idea of national justice, I think resonates with many countries across the world and many world leaders. Uh, that's something I think that if you live in a powerful country and uh, you're not aware of those differences and that there are still huge inequalities across the world, it's more difficult to understand. Impossible to predict, but will historians look back on him more fondly than perhaps uh, the current situation? 
I am sure. I mean, if, if we can say anything about Fidel Castro, however we feel politically, and you can guess that I am broadly sympathetic to the Cuban mm-hmm. Revolution, he is uh, uh, an iconic, uh, irrepeatable figure in world history, not only the 20th century, but I think the 21st century as well. We're going to have to leave it there. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Short Notice. Really appreciate your insights and analysis. You're very welcome. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you.